Amen. What a privilege it is to be with you here today at Central. So thankful for all that God does through your church. You are a leader within the state of Florida and our Southern Baptist family in terms of giving through the cooperative program, uh, setting a pace in missions and mission opportunities. And I just say thank you for the tremendous heart that you have for the kingdom and for kingdom ministry. And it's an honor to be with you here today. I ask you to open the word of God this morning to the book of Psalms. We're going to look particularly at one verse in Psalm, Psalm 42, verse 7. Psalm 42, verse 7. And if you're able, I would ask you to stand in honor of God's precious words. Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls, all your ways and billows have gone over me. Heavenly Father, we pray today for your word. May it accomplish what you have sent it to accomplish. May we hear what the Spirit is saying into our lives, and may we be faithful to respond in obedience unto you. And we ask and pray this today in the high and holy and wonderful name that is above every name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Deep is a word that describes the very season that we find our lives within. There are deep things going on within our culture. There are deep matters that the church is dealing with even at this moment. And in our relationships, we find that we are challenged as we go deeper in our commitments to one another. There are deep divides and there are deep issues. There are deep hurts and deep pains that individuals are experiencing. Certainly through this season of the pandemic, we've gone through deep loss. There's deep struggle and deep questions and deep discussions that we're entering into with our neighbors and even with those that we would never had conversation with before. You see, everyone has a deep within your life. It's a place that no one else goes, and it's a place that really no one else even knows. The deep of your life today may be a place of emptiness, a place of doubt, it may be a place where you have pain and struggle. The deep that you bring into this very place today could be filled with pain and anger and hurt and questions, insecurity and guilt and sin and loss. You know the place of the deep. To others today, that place of deep may be a place of spiritual strength a place of courage in the Lord, a place of deep resolve, a place where you have peace that passes all understanding, the place where you experience the comfort of the Holy Spirit of God, a place of commitment, a place of holiness and righteousness and fulfillment within your life. But the place is not shallow water, but deep water. And there's a difference between the two. You see, shallow water requires sight. Deep water requires faith. Deep water isn't the kiddie pool, and it isn't the wading pool. You're in deep water when your feet cannot touch the bottom. You're in the deep when you can't find the shoreline and grab hold of it. You're at the place where God and God alone can supply. God and God alone can strengthen you. God and God alone can meet the needs of your life according to the riches of his eternal glory. Aren't we thankful for a passage of scripture that calls to all of us and says deep calls unto deep? It's that place where God meets you. 
It's that place where God meets me. It's that place where God speaks into the depths of the need of our heart and the need of our life. You see, your faith becomes weak and your faith becomes inept. If you stay in the shallow water, more desiring to please man than to please God. Shallow is informational, but deep is inspirational. Shallow is observational, but deep is transformational. Shallow is organizational, but deep is reformational. The Apostle Paul said, when I became a man, I did what? I put away childish things. He had to move from the shallow into the deep in the Lord. I'm sure most of you probably watched the Olympics just a, a few weeks ago as it was being broadcast. And I watched most of it as we could. Karen and I both love sports, and so we just are kind of drawn to those kind of competitive events. But there was one in particular that we watched in swimming. We had a Floridian who was in the, in the Olympic swimming pool, a man by the name of Caleb Dressler. Caleb Dressler won five gold medals in swimming. He's the fastest swimmer on the planet. No one can do what Caleb Dressler is able to accomplish in a swimming pool. But after winning one of the gold medals, uh, he turns around and he's sitting on the rope and he's looking up at a, at a screen, probably to have the split time or maybe they were even showing of the replay. And he's watching it and he's the one who has touched the wall first. He set an Olympic record. Here he is, the champion. He's holding up his arms and flexing his muscles and it looked quite different than when I hold my arms up and flex my muscles. I mean, he's just got guns on his arms. He's got the Olympic rings tattooed, and you just see them there. But the network had prepared for this moment. They knew that Caleb Dressler undoubtedly was going to win one or more Olympic medals. And so here he is, just completed this, uh, this event. He has won. He is the champion. He's the fastest swimmer in that event in the world. He's got his arms raised up in victory, and they put a split screen on the, on, the, on the television, and on the other side, they have a photograph of Caleb Dressler as an infant in a kiddie pool with, with swimmies on his arms. And so here you have an Olympic champion, but here you have the child, Caleb Dressler. But at some point, we know that Caleb Dressler took off the floaties, and he dove into the deep. Church, we are past time to take off the floaties Amen. and to jump into the deep. Deep impacts every area of your life. It impacts you emotionally and physically and mentally and relationally and financially and verbally and spiritually. And many people spend most of their life trying to avoid the deep, to hide from the deep. Some people never leave the shallow. They never risk everything for Christ because the journey to the deep is one that requires vulnerability. It requires honesty and humility and brokenness and repentance and submission and change and obedience to the Lord. When I started out in ministry, I was 19 years old. I was preaching in churches. I was speaking at youth events. I mean, I knew everything, <laughs> but I had no idea how much I didn't know. And over the years, 
I realized that the more I knew, the more I needed to know. And today I'm 63 years old and I know a lot, but I still have no idea how much I don't know. I've still got to move to the deep and grow in my faith and grow in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So this passage stirs me personally. It challenges my heart, and I pray that it will yours today as well. I pray it will encourage you today. I pray that it will convict you today. I pray that it will speak to you wherever you find your life, far away from the Lord, or engaged in a relationship with the Lord, but yet not where you need to be in terms of being a fully devoted follower of Christ. And this passage today would resonate within your spirit, and that we would rise up and we would say, Lord, I'm ready to put away childish things, and I am going to walk where you are calling me to walk as a child of God. And so as we look at this passage, we're able to see that the psalmist understands the source, the source of spiritual strength. Deep calls unto deep. Now let's not go out and put this on a bumper sticker or quickly get something on a pillow that we can put on our couch or put something up on the wall as a sign. No, the psalmist is pouring out his heart to God. If you read the entirety of Psalm 42, you see that the psalmist is desperate for God. He's in a place of pain. He's in a place of brokenness. He may be at one of the lowest ebbs of his life. He's at a place where he no longer has the answer. He can't puff out his chest and say, I know what we ought to do. He doesn't have the wisdom to maneuver through the experience that he is in at this moment within his life. This is a raw and real passage. And oftentimes it requires that we reach that point where we are so desperate that we finally will turn and listen to the voice of Almighty God, who is calling us unto the deep. In verse 1, he says, my soul pants for you. In verse 2, my soul thirsts for God. In verse 3, there are tears upon my face day and night. In verse 4, he cries out, I'm just, I'm pouring out my soul unto you, O God. In verse 5, he says, I am disquieted in my spirit. In verse 9, he's in a season of mourning, waves of grief and sorrow upon his life. In verse 10, you may find affinity with this. He says, my bones are being shattered by what I'm facing within my life. And then in verse 11, he says, I am in despair and I am disturbed. It's so interesting that at this moment of crisis, deep is calling unto deep. God has not forsaken him. God has not given up on him. God has not turned away from him. God calls out unto us, and we must call out unto God. And the psalmist affirms in the midst of all that he is encountering, in the midst of this desperation, I am sensing the presence of the Lord, that he has not forsaken me. For in verse 4, he says, I go up to the house of the Lord. 
In verse 4, he says, even in this moment, I am shouting with the voice of joy and thanksgiving. In verse 5, my hope is in God and I will praise him. In verse 6, I will remember the faithfulness of God. And so here he is, my soul panting, my soul longing through tears. I'm pouring out my soul. My bones are being shattered. And then in verse 8, God commands loving kindness over his life during the day. And praise God, in those long nights of solitude, he says, God gives me a song in the night. The source of strength. Deep calls unto deep. How many of you have ever seen an outdoor open well? Anyone? A few hands going up. I can know who lives in the country and who grew up in the city, okay? Kind of define that right here. My grandparents were out in the country, and they had an an outdoor open well. Now, I know that's shocking to some to think you would drink out of a well like that, but I kind of grew up in the generation that would drink out of a a water hose. So, you know, we we, we survived. We really did, germs and all. We made it to, to the age that we are. But here was this well that had been dug out on their property, and uh, it was a, a cylinder well that would go down, and, and then they had built a stone wall above ground, above the open well. Then they had a concrete shelf on that, and then they built a wood apparatus over it that had a chain and a crank, and they had a bucket that hanged there, and there was a large piece of metal that they would slide over the opening of that well on that concrete shelf. And so you could push over the metal metal piece above the opening, and then you would lower the bucket down into the well, and it would go deep. It was dark down there. You couldn't even see the water, and so you would let it go down slowly, and finally the bucket would hit the water, and the sound would just reverberate up that cylinder, up that channel. And then you would give a little bit more slack, and the bucket then would sink down under the water. You let it fill up, and then you turn the crank the opposite way to get the bucket up out of the water. Well, it's a lot heavier coming up than it is going down, I can assure you, because there's water in it now, and you're very careful. I mean, you've worked hard to get it up there, and you reach out, and you pull the bucket over, and you set it on that shelf because you don't want to lose a drop. And then we had a metal dipper. And all of us who were there drank out of the same metal dipper. You would put it down in that bucket and you would drink that water. But it was the coolest, most refreshing, reviving water that I think I've ever had in my life. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just, it just met the need. We're out there playing. We're, 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 we're doing everything as boys, having a, a great time. And then we go to the well because we're thirsty. We go to the well because there's a need that is there. And that deep well of water brought reviving, refreshing nourishment into our life. Oh, today, God calls you to dip the bucket of your life in the well that never runs empty. He's calling upon you to go to the deep. God is calling you to savor every drop of the water that he supplies for your dry and thirsty and parched soul. And once you taste, you will not want to lose a single drop because he is the source of our strength. But we move on in this passage. We also see that he is the sufficiency of our spiritual strength. 
the sufficiency of our strength, at the noise of your waterfalls. Now, I'm fascinated by waterfalls. A few years ago, Karen and I had the opportunity to go to Niagara Falls, and we stayed on the Canadian side of the border, and, and it, it was just, it was just a, a thing of beauty, just absolute stunning, the majesty and the glory of God seen in that waterfall. But the thing about it was, in the hotel that you stayed in, in the town, when you walked outside, the first sound that you heard was the waterfall. It was just that powerful. There was just a presence about that waterfall that just captivated everything that was a part of that town. Tourists come from all over the world to see Niagara Falls. And you would walk out of the hotel and you would find yourself walking toward the sound of the waterfall. You're just drawn toward it. And you, you can't ignore it. It's just, it's just thunderous. It's, it's loud. It's powerful. And that is all that we are seeing within this text, that the power and the presence of the Lord as we are drawn to the deep is the noise of the waterfall. I've had the privilege of seeing the Iguazu waterfalls down in South America, and they border quite a few of the countries there, and they're used to provide electricity, the water that is generated through that to many of those South American nations that are there. Waterfalls are powerful, and the noise of the waterfall drowns out all other noises. And I believe that in this moment, in this season, churches, individuals who are part of the family of God, we're either being drawn to the noise of the waterfall or we're being pulled away by the noise of the world. And when we're drawn to the deep, we're drawn to the sound and the power and the presence of Almighty God. And churches are deciding in this moment, are we going to be a shallow church or are we going to be a deep church? Oh, we come out of the pandemic and we're all like, oh, where is everybody? What's happened here? And we're waiting for some magical Sunday out there where everybody who once was here is going to be back with even more people showing up. And I want to tell you today, if you're simply waiting for that day, you are going to be very disappointed. God used the pandemic. God used the pandemic to do some refining and some pruning within the house of the Lord. And in this moment, we either go with who we've got or we're going to miss the greatest opportunity in ministry that maybe the church in our generation has ever experienced. You see, there's a difference between shallow and deep churches. Shallow churches are inward focused. Deep churches are outward focused. Shallow churches are focused on strife, but deep churches are focused on salvation. Shallow churches are consumed with budgets and buildings, but deep churches are consumed with mission and ministry. Shallow churches have a spirit of chaos, but deep churches have a spirit of celebration. Shallow churches are escaping the culture, but deep churches are engaging the culture. Shallow churches are lifting their hands in resignation 
and defeat. But deep churches are lifting their hands in rejoicing and in declaration of the Lord. Shallow churches are grumbling and griping, but deep churches are gaining and growing. Shallow churches are giving up and giving out, but deep churches are giving more and giving all. Shallow churches are consumed with retaining, but deep churches are consumed with releasing. Shallow churches are maintaining, but deep churches are ministering. Shallow churches are infighting, but deep churches are not fighting. Shallow churches are defending the status quo, but deep churches in one heart and one voice are declaring, let's go, let's go and reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Deep. It calls us to be multicultural and multi-ethnic and multilingual and multi-generational. Everyone, everywhere, doing everything to glorify Jesus Christ and not man. So I ask you this morning, what sounds are you being drawn toward? Are you allowing the waterfall, the sound of the Lord, to drown out all other noises and it's Christ and Christ alone so the source and the sufficiency deep calls unto deep at the sound of your waterfalls all your ways and billows have gone over me there is a sustaining of spiritual strength that comes only in the Lord Oh, I get tired. I know you get tired. We get weary in this journey, in this battle. There are times we just want to say, <laughs> okay, that's it. But yet in the Lord, all of the ways, all of the billows continue to flow over our life. It's that reminder to the people of God that there's a storehouse of God's blessings that is untapped. Untapped. We have yet to see what God can do through his people and through his church that are unified and committed to go to the deep in the Lord. There's also that supply of blessings. It's unending. It's unending. Oh, there are times we say, Lord, you bless me in this. Well, the Lord blesses us in everything. I mean, we're only in this place today because of the blessings of God. And his blessings are unending for his people. There was a book that was written by a man named Gordon MacDonald called Building Below the Waterline. It's a, it's a book on Christian leadership. And the premise of the book is about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge in the 1870s. The Brooklyn Bridge spans the East River connecting Manhattan and Brooklyn and it took 14 years to build this bridge. The decision was made. Monies were being devoted to it, and the work began. A few years go by, and people now are griping and grumbling. We're spending all this money. We're putting all these resources here, but we're not seeing anything. We're hearing reports of people who have lost their lives building a bridge that we don't even know is even being built. Because everything was being built below the waterline, below the surface. They had placed the caissons in place 
And they were now concerned with the foundations and the pilings. They had to make sure that the base, the base was secure before they could ever rise above the waterline for the people to see the actual structure of the bridge. There's a lot to be learned in that. Because so often in our lives, all we want is what we can see. But yet God says, you've got to go to the unseen, and I'll lead you to the scene. You've got to place the time and the energy in your own life in prayer and the Word of God and devotion and service and commitment and stewardship, honoring the Lord below the surface. And whatever God allows us to rise above the surface to experience, it is all to His praise, all to His honor, and all to His glory. If we are building it, it will be in vain. But if God allows His people who have gone to the deep who've invested in the sound of his voice in obedience unto him, God will bring us above the waterline and we will be able to impact the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot handle the holy and the shallow. We cannot understand what is the height and the width and the depth of the riches of the Lord until we move to the deep. And deep calls unto deep... Because we walk by faith and not by sight. This is not pop culture. It's not pop Christianity. It's not Christianity that is dumbed down in order to reach people. Christianity is more than a hashtag, more than a social media thread, more than a slogan. It's certainly not Twitter and Instagram and, and all the other items that are out there that people find themselves expressing their heart and their beliefs on. It's not surface answers. It's not sniping at others. It's not having all the answers. It's not tearing down. It's not building your brand. It is be still and know that I am God. It is the promise of drink this living water and you will never thirst again. It is the promise of the Lord. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And this is a place that we will only experience the promises of God when we go to the deep. Central Baptist is in a, a season, a season of transition. And it's not time to go to the shallow. It's time to press into the deep. Amen. Your pastor is not a pope, <laughs> whoever that is. He is a shepherd leader who will preach the word of God, cast vision. But if you're waiting for a man then you've lost your focus. God has a work for you today. God has a work for this church now. Oh, he, he's already chosen the man. He already has. And your search committee that has been set apart by the church, it is not their job to find the pastor. It's their job to find the man that God's already chosen. That's what they're led to do. And in this moment... If the church feels like we can take a respite or we can be on vacation 
Or my coming or not coming is really not that important. My giving or not giving really doesn't matter that much. My engagement or my lack of engagement, until I get a pastor, I'm just going to hold on and wait and see. We're not serving a pastor. We serve the Lord. And we must be faithful to Him in this season. And I assure you that when God puts His hand upon that person and brings him here, he would be blessed to walk into a church that isn't in the shallow, but it's in the deep. And he's just got to catch up with what God's doing already and lead forward within that. So I believe that in this season, this passage speaks strongly to the church in this moment. Deep calls unto deep. Lord, may we hear the noise of your waterfall. And may that be where we find our place. Because it is there that all of your waves and all of your billows have gone over me. This morning, there may be many things that God is speaking into your heart through his word. Today, you may have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you've got that deep place within your life. But there in the deep today, you feel loss. You feel the pain and the shame and the condemnation. There you feel abandoned. And you're crying out, is there help? Is there, is there hope for my life? And today there is the strong voice of the Lord, validated and testified through the resurrection of Jesus Christ the Lord, that through his shed blood your sins can be forgiven and that he hasn't given up on you, but instead he is calling you today unto himself. And if you will trust and believe in him, he will change your life eternally. He will forgive you of your sin. He will be your Savior and your Lord. And today that is the deep that you're being called to. And if you've never trusted Christ, I pray today will be that day of salvation for you. As believers who are here today, Many of you may have made that commitment, and yet you have wavered in that. And you know that today you're not where you ought to be spiritually. You're not, you're not walking that fully devoted life in Christ. And you've heard the voice. You've been drawn to the sound, but yet you've chosen to stay in the shallow. And today, God's calling you, take that step into the water. Don't worry about your feet not touching the bottom. Don't worry about not being able to grab the shoreline. I've got you. <laughs> and I've got a plan for your life. I've got a purpose for you. But until you step into the deep, you'll never know what I'm going to do through your life. And so this morning, God's calling you to the deep. And I pray that you will come. This morning, he's speaking to the church to the church. We can retreat to the shallow right now and miss some of the greatest opportunities of ministry. Just as we've heard earlier today, 2,000 people are going to be here? <laughs> what an opportunity. Deep, calls to deep. That's what this is. God's calling us. There's so much that God will do through the life of a church that is knitted together in heart in the fellowship and the relationship of the Lord where deep has called us to be. 
And this morning, the greatest commitment that we can make as a church is to say, Lord, we want to hear your voice. Be drawn to your waterfall because there your, way, your waves and billows flow over my life. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beauty of your word today, for your scripture that calls us unto yourself. Father, this morning we know that we're all dealing with things because all of us have a deep within our life. And Lord, your spirit is speaking to us individually even now making known things that need to be made known, touching us. Some may have entered this place today with their bones being shattered. Some may have come here today because waves of mourning are over their life, tears day and night. Others came here today, Lord, desiring to pour out their soul, longing, Lord, for that touch that only you can give them within their life. So, Father, I pray that we would know that we would know that it is your voice that is calling us as deep calls unto deep. Lord, may we allow the sound of that waterfall to drown out all other noises today, O oh Lord. And I pray that we would come to you in obedience. And there your ways and billows will flow and go over our lives. So, Father, we're just going to have a time of commitment and I pray, Lord, that we will hear from you and that we will respond in obedience unto you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to ask you to do something that may be a little different. I know that coming forward and going out and all the, we have a way you can text a decision and we encourage you to do that. But I just sense that God's speaking into hearts today. And maybe today that there's that person here who does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that's a decision you need to make. We have a, a next step room that we would be glad to talk with you with following the service about that relationship, or even now, if you feel compelled just to move forward. We have, I'll meet you here, other pastors would. But don't leave this place without, without responding to Christ. Today is a moment in a season that can determine so many things about where we go as a church and what God will do through Central in the days ahead. And so we're going to ask even now if you are a part of this church and and you want to be a part of what God has to do for the future. And, and maybe that deep within your life, there are things that you're dealing with right now, things that you are confessing, things that you're repenting of, things that you're saying, Lord, help me, Lord, guide me, Lord, teach me, Lord, make it known to me. Then what I'm going to ask you to do is this. If you today would say, I want to go to the deep, I, I, can't, I can't answer for others, <laughs> but I, I want to be there. And I want to be a part of a family that's in the deep, doing what God would have us to do as a church, going forward in his name. And if that would be a commitment that you would make today, and I'm just going to ask you, if you would, would you just stand and say, yes, I, I, that's, that's, that's what God has spoken to me today to do. 
I, I want to I go to the deep. I want to be a part of the great work of God. I, I want God to speak to my life so strongly that I will hear the sound of his voice and that I will turn from anything in my life that would keep me from living for him and serving for him. If that's a commitment that you would make, would you just stand right now and say, yes, that's, that's where I want to be within my life. That's where I want to be. The psalmist says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And the unity is where the source of our strength is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God bless you as a church. And I believe with all my heart that the greatest days are still to come in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for these commitments. Thank you for other commitments that have been made. And I pray, Lord, that as Pastor Ethan will come in a few moments and give some further instructions about how individuals might follow up in those decisions even before uh, they leave this place today, Lord, that we will be obedient to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Central Church Podcast. For more information on how to take your next step, visit us online at gocentralchurch.org. Dot org.